Welcome to Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. This episode is brought to you by Set GK Goalkeeper Gloves. Gloves by the pros for the pros. With three different models to choose from, they guarantee you'll find the feel and fit you're looking for. Use promo code Just for Keeps at checkout and receive 25% off your order. It all starts with your set. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Just for Keeps, the podcast all about goalkeepers. I'm your host, Carter Hawkman. Joining me this week is the former Brandeis men's soccer goalkeeper and current Royal Central New Jersey goalkeeper, Max Blacker. Thanks for coming on the podcast, Max. Thanks for having me, Carter. So, yeah, I'll, I'll start us off with my standard first question, which is when did you know that you wanted to become a goalkeeper? What made you want to play the position? So I remember um, playing on my town recreation team. And um, during those times, they, every I think it was every Saturday morning, they had um, free optional goalkeeper training for anyone who was, like, part of the program. So up until I was about, I would say from when I was six till I was about eight, I was my my father was waking me up every every Saturday morning. I I probably didn't want to go, but he was uh, waking me up and making me go to those trainings. Um, and then by the time I was nine, uh, I tried out for the town travel team, um, and I had made the A team. Uh, and uh, that's kind of the age where every they're kind of rotating goalkeepers. There's not really a set goalkeeper. Everyone's playing pretty much any position. Um, and I they they put me in, and I happened to to do pretty well and then I started from there to focus a little bit more on being a goalkeeper and then by the time I was 10 I had joined a club team and I had made the team uh, as a goalkeeper so when I was 10 I had uh, fully made the transition into being um, just a goalkeeper. It's funny a lot of the goalkeepers that I've talked to on the podcast have had like that aha moment or that really cool like they made one really cool save um, and they're like wow I, w- I want to keep doing that do you have one of those moments? Yeah, I actually do. It wasn't anything crazy, actually. It was, I remember when I was on that travel team, we were playing just before training. We were playing like World Cup. Um, I guess we were there before the coach, or we were there just before training started playing World Cup. And I remember, I don't remember exactly the save, but I remember like the moment um, I made a good save. And like I had thought that it was a great save. And I was kind of like, how did I do that? Like, um, and like everyone on the team was like, whoa, Max, like that was, that was really cool. Uh, That was a good save. And then I don't know. I from that moment on, I guess I was I was like I guess I'm a pretty decent goalkeeper for for eight nine year old. It is it is kind of addicting getting that feeling over and over again. Just that when when the ball hits your hands, nice and sweet. There's just it's hard to describe. For sure. So who who are some of your biggest influences growing up? You know whether it be just in athletics in general or or in soccer as a whole. Um, definitely Tim Howard. Uh, he was probably the first goalkeeper that I looked up to um because well he was the starter for the men's national team but he also happened to be um from an area that was about like 30 40 minutes from me he was uh from somewhat of a local area and um my dad knew or worked with a guy that uh tim had grown up with so i was he was able to get us tickets anytime they were playing at metlife stadium with the national team i was able to get tickets kind of like through tim howard which was really cool um and then, yeah, I would say also when I was the club team that I 
uh, mentioned when I was 10. Um, it was called PDA, pretty good, uh, solid club team in, in the area. Um, and just, I was kind of thrown into an environment where I was training with older goalkeepers because most of the goalkeepers, um, you know, they have sessions where it'd be like that combine age groups. And so I was training with older goalkeepers, academy goalkeepers when I was kind of younger on the, on the club teams. And that that was really good. So, um, I was really able to, to learn from them and see what they did and, uh, kind of adapt my game to, um, I guess to, to maximize like my, um, how, how I play the position. It's funny. You mentioned Tim Howard, you know, cause he, especially for goalkeepers our age and even younger guys these days, you know, he was the pinnacle of, of us goalkeepers. You know, he was it. And he, it's funny. You can watch his entire career and almost watch how the position changed as well. You know, definitely. Yeah. I remember watching him when he was at Everton. Um, yeah, those were, those were really, really great games to watch. Um, and then I remember that 2014 world cup game. He had an incredible game. I think it was like 16 saves he made, something like yeah, that. Yeah, against Belgium. Yeah. You know, those. everyone who listens to the podcast knows that, that I really didn't I didn't start really following soccer until maybe my junior or senior year of high school. But, but what drew you to the sport? What kept your interest? So I was kind of um, signed up for a ton of sports when I was younger. Like I was playing baseball. I was on a competitive swim team um and yeah i was also playing soccer and i remember com- or i saw i had neighbors um that are they're portuguese and um they're they're a few years older than i was and we'd play sports in the backyard all the time and i don't remember what year this was maybe it was when i was in like second grade third grade but i remember coming home from school every single day meeting up with them like in either my backyard or their backyard and we just play soccer for hours and I guess that's kind of where um or that's what like piqued my interest a little bit just because we had such like competitive games and we had so much fun just playing in the backyard and I guess that's what kind of made me fall in love with the sport you know you, you mentioned like when you joined your club team when you were around 10 when did you really start taking the position of you know, being a goalkeeper seriously you know I having not grown up in a soccer family, I had no idea where to look for coaching club teams, what the proper, the proper equipment was, et cetera, stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd always kind of taken the position seriously. I mean, from, from the age of 10, like I was on that club team, which was pretty competitive. Um, but I would say probably when I, maybe as uh, probably freshman, sophomore year of high school is when I really started taking it like up to another level of seriousness um because my sophomore year I had actually um been told by the varsity coach at my high school that I was attending um which was my town's public high school at the time um that I wasn't going to play for the varsity team so I had chosen to like opt out of um playing for the high school and then I'd become a training player with the with PDA which was the academy the U16 academy team so I chose basically to become a training player rather than uh, play for the high school team. Um, So like that was kind of like a sacrifice, Um, kind of like high school soccer. Everyone, you know, wants to play it. Tons of like fans come out, your friends can watch you, but um, you know, playing with an Academy team and even training with them, what I did was, was really beneficial because I was playing with players that pretty much all of them were better than I was. So putting myself in that environment was really, was really great, but it was a sacrifice that I had to make 
Um, so I, I would say that at that moment was probably when I started taking it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, and you kind of took the words right out of my mouth. It is an interesting sacrifice that that you wouldn't think you would have to make in your position, and then a lot of thing, a lot of keepers I don't think would make because you know you you mentioned everybody wants to play, um, but playing a lot doesn't always mean you're going to improve because if you're playing against, we'll say you're playing against teams that aren't challenging you, you're not being challenged and you're not developing, and if your team is only as good as they are, I'm not saying you know I had no idea how how good or how bad your high school team was, but if they're you know, say an average team, they're not going to challenge you as much in training as well. So you made an interesting and obviously beneficial choice to, to train with guys that are, that are obviously better than you. And it's really, it's, it's trial by fire. It's, it's how you get better as you play with people above your pay grade. Definitely. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I've been going by that for, for years now. I'm always looking to train with a group that's, that's better than me, more experienced than me to try to learn from them. It's one of the reasons why I have a tough time these days um, just playing pickup with friends. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm similar in the way that you think. It's a similar mentality. You know, I, I have a hard time playing pickup because I'm the same way. I like to be challenged. I like to, you know, to really to push myself. And, and in a way, you know, you can't, especially as a goalkeeper, you can't really play pickup that much. You can't, you can't play. I mean, you can play World Cup, but, you know, they can have fun and, and joke around and, and try all this stuff. And, and we, as goalkeepers, it has to be a hundred percent or nothing really. Definitely. Yeah. I, I would definitely say I'm in the, uh, in the same boat as you there, you know, playing pickup for fun, you know, it's not, it's not really, I mean, beneficial to, to a goalkeeper. Someone playing like playing seriously, I would say. So I want to get more towards the equipment side of things actually for a little bit, just because it's something that I haven't talked about much. I remember, because for years I was, I was wearing those $20 gloves that would rip or tear or break or something, you know, a week into them. But I, you know, I remember my first real pair of gloves. There were these, you know, $300 Royce G3 gloves with the bright pink palms, the most restrictive finger saves ever, which my mom of course loved, you know, wanting to protect my hands. And I remember, I remember thinking that this is what was necessary for being a great goalkeeper because all the really good goalkeepers had you know, the nice gloves with the more expensive foam, but that's really not the case, is it? No, no, definitely not. It, I, at what point in your career did you start to discover that you, you know, what you were looking for, not only your gloves, but, but your boots as well? Yeah, so I'll go into um, boots first. So I would probably say when I was up until I was 10, I was kind of just wearing anything my, my parents bought me, which was prob- probably that $20 pair from from Dick's or Models or wherever. Um, just that classic, like, black and white, you know, really plasticky type of boot. And then I would say by the time I was maybe 11, 12, I was kind of just getting boots that I would see the professionals wear. And I'm like, oh, I love that colorway. Nothing really about how the boots are made or how they felt on me. 100% on how they, how they look. Um, I remember Ronaldo had a pair of Vapors that were, like, purple, um, and I, I got those because I thought they looked awesome, but I just remember like being a goalkeeper and wearing them. And nowadays you'll never really see a goalkeeper wearing, you know, those, those speed boots. Um, and then maybe when I was 14, um, yeah, about freshman year in high school, I'd kind of worn a ton of boots just because, or just from, um, you know, trying, trying a bunch of different pairs out throughout the years, throughout the seasons. And I'd figure out which ones felt comfortable to me in terms of like how the fit was 
um, rather than the look, the how they looked. Um, and then I kind of fell in love with the the Nike Tiempos because they were leather, they were really comfortable, and they weren't too heavy either. So I wore those for a few years, and then um, past few years I haven't really been a huge fan of what they what they've done with the Tiempo line. Um, so I've been wearing the um, Nike Phantom Venoms, which I actually got them because um, a buddy of mine who plays um, at a division one school, he had a pair of them and he let me wear them. Um, Cause I was just curious how they felt and I love them. Um, probably the most comfortable boot I've worn and they're pretty lightweight as well. And um, I feel really secure in them. So I've been wearing those for the past few months. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I worked at a, at a soccer specific retail store for, for a year and the amount of younger kids that come in that just ignore or they, they don't ignore, they come in with an expectation of, of looking for a pair of boots that they, they look the best, you know, they, they look the coolest they've seen, you know, you, you meant, you know, they've seen guys like Ronaldo wear his, his line of vapors and there's, there's goalkeepers that'll come in and, and they'll think, you know, there's a goalkeeper specific boot. It, there's really isn't, you know, it's, it's how it fits your foot, how your foot fits on top of the boot. Um, and it, and it comes sort of, it comes down to the, to the same thing with gloves. How does your, how does your hand feel inside the glove? How does it feel, um, when the ball hits the gloves and how you um, how you can handle the ball? It's, it's, it's the exact same principle. And I thought, you know, for the longest time, I thought goalkeepers needed the big bulky gloves with the finger saves because I really had no frame of reference. Nobody taught me that finding the right glove is the same process as finding the right cleats and boots. It, it needs to, needs to fit your hand. Feel, feel on the ball needs to be right. What, you know, what kind of shot stopper are you, uh, what kind of shot stopper are you? Do you like to parry the ball? Do you like to primarily try and hold shots? You know, all that fun stuff. It's, it's literally, it, you know, almost by definition, a feeling out process. Yeah, definitely. And I would say I was sort of similar because when I was younger, I was buying the gloves that were probably the ones that looked the coolest. I didn't really care about how they felt because every, every glove you put on, they'll be, they'll be really sticky at first tons of grip so you put them on in the store you grab a ball and you're like oh these these things are great i love how they look i love how they feel and then maybe a week later they're com- the latex is just completely ripped up um yeah so i or to go into to gloves now um when i was 12 i got my first real pair of um gloves and i remember they were the nike um vapor grips and i wore those for for years um I remember I got those because I think it was Tim Howard was wearing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw David De Gea wear them. And so I just, I wore them for, for years. I've worn them up until about, I would say a year ago. Um, and now I've, I've, I've been wearing set GK, which is they've, they kind of offer a similar cut. Um, a sponsor the, of the, the podcast. Big, yes. They are also the sponsor of the podcast. Um, and yeah, I would say the the grip of the glove that I wear, the all whites, um, is pretty similar to the vapor grip, uh, the Nike vapor grips. Except on the inside of the glove, there's like this internal silicone grip, so, so you like you feel it literally on your hands on the inside of the glove, and that just adds like a, so much extra support, and I, like your hand just feels so secure. Like it's not like a tight feeling. I would describe it as more like a secure feeling, just because there's not a ton of extra room in the glove to begin with, but also this grip kind of keeps your hand in place in the glove. So, I mean, I've noticed a huge difference. I've been able to hold more shots and I feel like I'm getting a better feel 
on the ball. This is a paid partnership. Um, <laughs> no, it, it's funny. Actually, the, I wore the Vapors. You know, after I tried Royce and realized how A, ex- incredibly expensive they are and B, how quickly they got destroyed, I was sort of, I was similar in the way that, you know, I, all right, now I'm, I'm starting to follow soccer a little bit and I see guys like, you know, you mentioned Tim Howard, David De Gea. Um, I, I knew, I think it was Iker Casillas for Adidas, but I didn't really know where to, you know, I think uh, Nike was more accessible to me at the time in terms of gloves. And I wore those vapors up until I got to college and we had to wear the, the Under Armors. Um, but I want to know what your opinion is on finger saves, because, you know, you know, when would you advise the younger goalkeepers to start to wane themselves off of them? I want to, he- I want you to tell me what you think before I give my two cents. So to be honest, I never really wore, I can't remember ever wearing finger saves. I remember ordering gloves that had like the removable finger saves, like with a little zipper and you can pull mm-hmm. them out. And I remember just always taking them out. Um, I do remember like when I was buying my first pair of, of like, I guess, um, more expensive goalkeeper gloves when I was 12, I tried on a, finger, a pair of finger saves and they, like my hand just felt so stiff, like no mobility in my fingers. I couldn't really um, get into like a, a shape, make a shape with my hand to like hold the ball. It was kind of weird. Um, so I said like, there's no way I'm getting these. And my parents didn't really know anything about this, about the sport. Um, let alone goalkeeping, um, so they kind of thought it was like uh, it would it would be safer. But I told them like I can't really play position with these gloves on, um, so I gotten gloves without finger saves. And then, like I said, I or I used to wear gloves that had removable ones, and I I remember taking them out. And then, if I would jam a finger or something in training or wherever in a game, I if I when I was wearing the removable finger saves, I'd put one finger save into the finger where I jammed the finger. I honestly don't know if it did anything, um, but that's just what I did. And then um, that lasted maybe for a year. And then I, I, I kind of stopped doing that. So I would say I stopped wearing them or stopped doing that when I was maybe 13. Um, but that was really the only time I ever wore them. That's fair. I mean, I usually advise, you know, for the younger goalkeepers that want to, you know, if you're growing, you know, you're, you're 10 through maybe you're 13 or 14 years old and you're growing and you want to protect your fingers as you grow from, from jamming them or breaking them. You know, I've broken my fingers more times than I can count. I've dislocated a couple of fingers. It's just, it just, it's part of the job, um, unfortunately. But for those hands, you know, that the younger ages is when I usually advise that they wear them because they will, you know, when you first get them, you're right. They're incredibly stiff. You're not going to hold a lot of shots. And, the, and eventually they do break in. And they do prevent your finger from bending back further than it should. But was as you get to the the age where you know you're middle of high school and the shots start to get harder, and there's only so much a finger save can really do for you at that point. It can even actually hinder um, your goalkeeping and, and become dangerous for your fingers because you know, say you take a shot off of the top of your 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 finger right off the tip, instead of you know when you're 10, 11, 12, that, that, you know, that shot isn't coming in at 60, 70 miles an hour. But as you get to, you know, high school and these kids are 17, 18 years old, that, you know, that, that's, that's a recipe for a broken finger. And around 15, 16 is, or maybe even 14 is when I typically advise, um, if I'm giving advice, um, and for anybody who's listening to it, to stop with those finger saves and start working on 
you know, your finger strength and working on making sure that you can hold the shots and become a little bit more technical with your hands, because it is an important part of, of it's, you know, it's arguably half of the, the position itself is, you know, the shot stopping and the handling aspect of it. Totally, totally agree with everything. So I want to jump into your college career a little bit, because after winning a national championship in high school, you enter into a situation at Brandeis where you are not the starter. You're not the relied upon guy. What was that mental transition for you like? Forget the obvious physical demands and the increase in the speed of play and the, and the, and the shot power. How did you handle that mental shift from being the guy in high school to being in a supporting role? Yeah, it was it was definitely tough for me. Um, I remember that freshman year, um, or coming into the season, they had graduated uh, the goalkeeper who had been starting. I think, I think he was like a three year starter, and he had graduated. And the coach had told me that the, the spot is kind of wide open. Um, but I remember get, going into that preseason, and they 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 started the first few games off rotating um, between two goalkeepers who were both juniors, and um, you know, both great guys, both good goalkeepers who I, you know, I'm still friendly with today, but I remember they weren't having, you know, very convincing um, performances and they put one, one of them in um, and then the next game they put the other one in and that kind of went back and forth throughout the whole season. And I had felt like I have, hadn't really been given a shot or an opportunity. Um, and it was tough for me because that was the longest time I had gone without, you know, playing actual minutes and playing games. Um so I kind of had to take away as much as I could um, out of out of training. Um, and shout out to Abdu, who you uh, had on um, as a guest a few episodes ago. But I was, you know, I was doing extra training with him, and and he was really helpful um, throughout this time because he was able to offer a little bit of extra training, which was amazing. But yeah, I mean, it was definitely tough mentally because, of course, I felt like I deserved to be playing, but I, I wasn't really given that opportunity. How many goalkeepers were rostered while you were there? My freshman year, we had four goalkeepers. And my sophomore year, we, we also had so yeah, so four goalkeepers for both years. Or if, no, sorry, sophomore year, we had, we had five. We had five goalkeepers. Yeah, that's, that's, that's tough. I mean, you, you, you've, you've listened to the podcast. You know that, you know, when I, when I went into my first year at Lowell, it was just, it was just the two of us. I was brought in. I was I was an emergency situation. I was probably UMass Lowell's original plan C or plan D. I was not. Well, a I, I didn't know, but I wasn't ready, and I wasn't brought in there to play or, or start or or really even realistically compete for a starting position. You know, the the, the starting job was won by uh, this kid who was a freshman the the year prior, and he was Americans. He was rookie of the year, and he was incredible. And and he he turned out to be one of my biggest mentors. And one of my one of my closest friends on the team for the three years that we played together, but it's and then the subsequent year we bring in two more goalkeepers. The next, the following year, we have five. It's just, I mean, how did you handle that in training? Because two, you know, two goalkeepers, you're splitting the reps evenly. Three goalkeepers, you know, it can kind of get a little funky, and that's why coaches like to roster four so it stays even in terms of reps and training. How did you guys? How did you handle that? Yeah, it was definitely tough because. You know, to begin with, in college sessions, especially at the Division three level, you're not really getting, you know, 45 minutes to an hour with a goalkeeper coach. You're getting maybe 30 minutes. Sometimes you're getting 45, but really it's like the time is limited. And with with four goalkeepers, reps are limited. Five goalkeepers, reps are even more limited. 
Um, so it was, it was tough because it was like, I'm not even playing and, you know, I'm not even getting too many reps in training, which is, which was kind of, um, it, it was weird for me because it was like, what am I actually getting out of this? Um, yeah, so it, it was tough. I, I would say it was definitely tough. What did you end up getting out of it? I mean, so I had, because I had a, a good personal relationship with Abdu, who's the goalkeeper coach. Um, if we were playing a game on a weekday night or a weekend night, um, I text them in advance a couple of days before and, and set up a session for early that morning or sometime during the day before the game. So it'd be like, we get a one-on-one session and before, before the game was played, which was really great for me. And I was able to do, you know, a ton of extra work and I was, I was doing a ton of extra lifting and just a ton of stuff, you know, outside of team training, which was definitely, um, to my benefit. And that's sort of the, the, it's the thing that not everyone sees, you know, it's, it's the behind the scenes stuff that really makes the biggest difference. And I know it's, it's kind of, it's, it's incredibly cliche to say, but sometimes, you know, cliches are born in truth. It's one of the things that helped me not only grow mentally, but as a teammate, you know, it's, you find ways to contribute to the team and, you know, you can, you, you have to be a supporting role in every sense of the word as a backup goalkeeper, you have to support the guys that are starting and getting in the games. You have to warm them up and you have to get them mentally prepared. And you have to be a cheerleader for the guys that also aren't playing and help them, you know, help make sure that their mentality stays high because really as a team, you're only as good as you're only as good as, as how the entire team is mentally. And if there's a couple weak links or there's a couple guys that, that are, that are, that are holding their head down, it, it, it can have a chain reaction effect. Yeah, totally agree. I mean, um, I'd actually experienced that in, in high school a little bit my junior year. Um, we had, you know, a few guys on the team who were a little bit cancerous um, to the team and the team environment. So the during that the spring, we played high school in the fall in New Jersey. And in the spring during the club season, our coach um, kind of had to, like, pull the weeds a little bit and uh, clean up the program and, you know, get rid of some of those guys so that we can um, – you know, get back to where you want it to be. It's one of those things. I think it's the biggest disparity. I think it's arguably the biggest disparity between high school and college soccer, regardless of division one, two, three, NAIA, any of that is in high school, you know, for, you know, say you're just coming from a varsity program. You're coming probably from a, a program, a high school uh, varsity program where it's just two goalkeepers. You got your starter and you got your backup. And then all of a sudden you're thrown into not only a situation where everyone was the best player in their high school or even the state, but you're coming into a situation where there's two or three or even four other goalkeepers. I have seen situations where rosters carry six goalkeepers, but that's a little bit ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually, no, it's completely ridiculous, but um, you, that's, that's something that you don't realize that you have to mentally prepare for is that situation where you're going to be competing not just against one guy, but against three guys that have probably been there for a year or two that are already adjusted to the speed of play that are liked by the team, by the coaches, you have to earn not only your time on the practice field, but you have to earn the coach's respect. You have to earn the captain's respect, the upperclassmen's respect. And you're stepping into a position where the position as a goalkeeper, you're already supposed to be a leader. And that's a really hard thing to do for, an 18, 19 year old, sometimes a 17 year old kid coming into those situations. Yeah, exactly. There's so much responsibility, especially, you know, 
being a goalkeeper and then like you said as an as an 18 year old 19 year old coming into to a college program as a freshman it it is pretty tough because you are expected to be a leader and you're expected to do you know a lot for the for the program and um even if you're just a practice player um but yeah i mean especially as a freshman i mean and, and you got guys who are 22 22 maybe 23 years old and even though that's only four years physically that's you know that's a lot of time to physically mature um so those guys are a lot bigger a lot stronger a lot more mature um and they've they've been in the program for four years so it's yeah i mean it's definitely difficult you end up training with a team in the first division in in northern ireland and are are currently playing with with a club in the usl2 how would you say your time as a goalkeeper has just has just evolved over the years yeah um I mean, I would say through training with, with goalkeepers who are better than me and older than me, more experienced than me, um, I've really been able to take bits and pieces from each one of them. Um, you know, from when I was playing in Northern Ireland, I, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity um, to train with a, that club in the first division um, uh, a couple times a week, which was, which was great. I mean, the goalkeepers on, on, the, on the roster there, I mean, one was, one was 39, one was 33 and then the other one was in his mid 20s and the the two the two in their 30s they were really really experienced one had come one had was playing in England had he's from Northern Ireland played in England um and now he's back in Northern Ireland playing over there um the other one was had a had a really great career in Northern Ireland um and yeah I mean he him him and the other goalkeeper were competing and it was just great to see that and great to, to train with them and also compete with them. Um, because I mean, that's, that was probably my first glimpse of, um, goalkeeping at, at a really high level because it was, I mean, it's a full-time professional club where these guys are, you know, are full-time footballers, which is, which is amazing. Um, but yeah, I mean, really great environment. Goalkeeper coach was great. And, um, just the speed of play and everything was so much faster and I had to kind of, it, I was kind of thrown into it. Um, I didn't really know what exactly to expect, but um, after one or two training sessions, I kind of got the hang of things and I kind of was brought up to, to speed pretty quickly um, on how things are run there and um, how to, how to, I guess, adapt to an environment like that, which, which was great. And then um, now, now I'm back playing in USL two. So I'm able to kind of bring that experience along with me and, you know, take along the, I guess, responsibility of being a leader because I've seen, you know, some, some of the guys are on my, my team are younger. So I'm able to bring along that experience and be a leader with them. And cause I've, I've been able to experience that full-time professional environment where some of these guys, most of them are, are playing in, at college programs, which is kind of a completely different setup, but yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been great. I feel like, I've matured a lot as a goalkeeper. Um, my goalkeeper coach in, in Northern Ireland, um, he was he was really great. He I was working with him every day, and every aspect of goalkeeping you can think of, we went into. Um, so I feel like I, you know, gained tons of experience with him, um, just from being coached by him and analyzing film with him, which is what's also been huge for my game, um, because you're able to learn from your mistakes and um see what you did well see what you didn't do well but yeah I mean definitely to sum it up I would say my game has definitely matured um and my my confidence has also 
um, skyrocketed just from being able to play consistent games. What would you say? You know, I want I want to phrase this question appropriately, but what you know, what would you say is are your biggest takeaways from transitioning from a Division three backup goalkeeper to playing at the professional level? You know, what would what advice would you give to the goalkeepers that are entering college or in the midst of their college careers and they aren't playing? What would you what would you say to them to just you know, inspire growth. Yeah. I mean, I would say a few things. First one is that football is a game of opinions. Um, you know, so you might have an opinion, but your coach might have a completely different thought, a completely different opinion. Um, so that's why you need to keep working. Just, you know, stay focused, know what your goals are and do something every day that'll help you get closer to achieving your goals. Because that's kind of what I did when I, um, was mentioning uh, doing a ton of extra work when I was when I wasn't playing at, at a division three level I was doing a ton of extra work that that eventually paid off um but yeah I mean keep working it's a game of opinions and you know there are people out there who you know will agree with you um and yeah that's it really yeah there's a lot of people that out there that will agree with you there's even more that will disagree with you and I think when it comes to accepting the role that you've been given in college, especially everyone's goals become different. You know, your goal doesn't always have to be playing in games or starting or getting a bunch of shutouts or becoming a captain of the squad. You know, your goal can be being the best teammate possible, helping your goalkeeping partners grow, um, you know, assisting the coaching staff in the best way possible, making their lives easier you know, I think it's important to define what your goal is and then you can set out to achieve it. Definitely, definitely, yeah. I mean, take it one step at a time, being the best person you can be um, that day, being the best goalkeeper you can be in training, being the best teammate you can be. I mean, all little things, but if you do all those things, you're, you're getting closer to, to what you want to do. Max, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time today and, and be absolutely best of luck with the rest of the career. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Guys, this has been, once again, another episode of Just for Keeps. Thank you very much again for, uh, to Max Blacker for coming on and taking the time. This has been the podcast all about goalkeepers. I am your host, Carter Hawkman. We will see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Just for Keeps.